Hello, and welcome to Let's Get Weirding. I'm Megan Sunday. And I'm Bo North. On this show, we are discussing Frank Herbert's Dune series, chapter by chapter, and this week we're back to talk about chapter 14. Yes, indeed. Pa- page and a half, chapter 14. Yes, it's very scant. It's it's There's not much to it, but boy... Do we pack a lot of emotions into this page and a half? There's so many feelings. Well, really just one feeling. Just one feeling. <laughs> what feeling is that, Megan? Futility. <laughs> By Calvin Klein. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to continue to make that joke. <laughs> no, it's, it's a good joke. <laughs> um, Do you remember those Nestle commercials that were like, they were trying to be like perfume ads? They were from the early 90s. It was when they had that Nestle like white chocolate. Uh, I think so, and they were kind of trying to play on the Calvin Klein obsession ads. Yeah, but it was about candy bit. bars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Marketing is weird, you guys. <laughs> Every so often I get that song in my head, and I think, what is this? And it's like, it's a freaking Nestle commercial from like 1991. <laughs> I'm glad that's stuck in there. That's okay. I still can't hear I Heard It Through the Grapevine, one of the greatest pop songs of all time, California without Raisins. thinking about the fucking California Raisins. Like, as an adult, I don't appreciate that shit. As a kid, I love the California Raisins. But now I would just like to enjoy this wonderful song without (laughs) thinking of cartoon raisins. I mean, a less classic song, but, you know, Van Halen's Right Now, which is Crystal Pepsi. Yeah, I mean, every time. Crystal Pepsi. Every time I hear the, like, the opening, like, little piano tinkling (laughs) to that song, I think, Crystal Pepsi! I gotta get a Crystal Pepsi. God, that shit was nasty. But we drank it because it was we, crystal and, we're, and it was Pepsi. I mean, but yeah, it's so stupid because, like, we already had Sprite and 7-Up. <laughs> like, yeah. We had all of the clear sodas we needed. And you have to understand anyone who wasn't really of a, at a certain age in the mm-hmm. early 90s is that everything in the early 90s is just as cliche as you could imagine. Oh, like, yeah. I was drinking a crystal Pepsi, wearing, mm-hmm. like, high-top sneakers with big yep. socks. British Knights, baby. Uh, overalls with one strap undone. Mm-hmm. Um, like orange overalls, like overall shorts. Yeah. And we were all just like listening to Ice Ice Baby. Mm-hmm. And drinking Crystal Pepsi. And... Oh, I was wearing hypercolor shirts. Yep. I probably yeah. had one under my overalls. With with my Umbra shorts. And it's like, you know, you'd think like, oh no, that's just like that. Bruno Mars, Cardi B video. No, that's how it was. No, yeah. <laughs> that's we were steeped what it in was. commercial bullshit. Everyone's like, oh, the 90s are back. Like, no, you guys got the cool 90s back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The really shitty, lame 90s is thankfully where it belongs in the graveyard. <laughs> we're all listening to pure moods. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, thank you for reminding me of that today, that I owned not one, but two Pure Mood CDs and Pure listened moods. to them frequently. Oh, yeah. No, I, I was frequently. loved Pure Moods. Yeah. It was that, and then in the later 90s, I had one of those, you know, it wasn't a now that's what I call music, but it was, you know, dance tracks because mm-hmm. dance music was very, very. Well, in. I was always listening to Pure Moods or U2's Octoon Baby. Like, those were my two, oh, yeah. like, go-to things until... You know, when the 2000s rolled around or the late 90s, I kind of got into like, um, you know, more like Soundgarden and Nirvana and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And then eventually started listening to like Marilyn Manson come around the 2000s. So, you know, nobody's perfect. 
Yeah, I had a lot of, you know, the girl power as well. Sarah mm-hmm. Blackman, oh, yeah. Tori yeah. Amos, oh, Fiona Apple, sure. you know, garbage. And then pure moods. Yeah. <laughs> Poe, whom I miss. Come back, Poe. <laughs> I never liked Poe. That was just me. I just, that angry Johnny song drove me nuts. But what about Haunted, the next album? Uh, it's amazing. I, I don't think I listened to it. I think I was just so done with her at that point. Did you ever read House of Leaves? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It connects with House of Leaves. Because that's okay. her brother. Okay. It doesn't like really how- sell it. But trust me, no, it's a good help. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome back to our podcast about Dune. Yes, uh, and Pure Moods. Hey, we've always been upfront about this fact that we talk about whatever we want on this show. As long as we moods, also talk about Dune. There's a lot. I feel like there could be the Pure Moods soundtrack could just be what they use for Dune. Uh, I totally see that. Come on, Hans. Just call Enigma. <laughs> They're um, not doing anything. I mean, I don't know. Like, are they? I don't know what they do. Um. Uh, so yeah, just pure moods. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> it could be. It could be. So, uh, should we start talking about the chapter? Um, yes. Do you want to take tackle this very long and complicated epigraph? <laughs> yeah, I'll take this one because then okay. the next yeah. one is probably like eight pages long. Because you stink. <laughs> <laughs> There is probably no more terrible instance of enlightenment than the one in which you discover your father is a man with human flesh. From Collected Sayings of Muad'Dib by the Princess Arulan. So he's just saying that, like, around the house? <laughs> I mean, he's certainly not, uh, it's certainly not pillow talk. Because I have no doubt they had separate rooms. He's just yelling, like, sayings at her. Mm-hmm. Write this down. Yeah, I kind of wonder, like, when did she get the like when did she get like the access to have all these conversations with Paul because he spent okay I'm not gonna get into it <laughs> all I know is I read part of a scene where she enters in a floor length whale fur robe and I was yeah. like yes <laughs> whale fur the dream so <laughs> gonna buy one of those sheepskin rugs at Ikea it's like yeah. it's whale fur I keep wanting to get one of those for my cat Anyway, <laughs> I do like this quote. I do like this epigraph because mm-hmm. it does ring very true. I mean, the first time you see one of your parents have a human emotion that's like yeah. other than, you know, happiness or soothe the kid or keep the kid quiet. Yeah. <laughs> it's very unsettling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's a big deal. And I yeah. think that, you know, even in this sort of society where, as we've discussed before, there's just a constant fight to stay alive basically like you know everything yeah. Paul's ever learned is about that he I don't think has really had to confront the idea that that means that his parents are also mortal mm-hmm. um and you know the the reverend mother uh said that and it, that's been on his brain the whole this whole time now mm-hmm. and now but again I think my problem with this this chapter so this chapter is mostly the duke and Paul talking about what Leto learned the last chapter uh, yeah. and I, I just wish so. I wish these people would stop unloading all this stuff on their kid. Yeah, this especially seems really a hard thing to unload on your son. Okay, because this chapter is basically it starts with the Duke said. Okay, I'm gonna read this. The Duke said, "Paul, I'm doing a hateful thing, but I must." And what he's talking about is he's 
he's admitting to Paul that he is going to appear to be suspicious of Jessica, that, you know, it has to look like he suspects Jessica of being the traitor. And he's, like, assuring Paul, he's like, don't worry, I don't really think she's the traitor, I trust her more than anybody, but she has to, like, she has to look hurt and vulnerable, and, you know, it has to look real. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, fuck you. Yeah. You know, like, you suck. I mean, I, mean, I get it, but at the same time, it's just like, Jessica does not deserve this. No, and he keeps reiterating how capable Jessica is yeah. of pretending this. That if mm-hmm. he was to bring her into this and say, look, I'm going to pretend to think you're the traitor, she would be capable of playing off the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But he can't risk it. And it's no. like, well, all right, well, you couldn't risk it. And I, you know, spoiler alert, man, you're risking the whole, the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. Um, he also shows Paul the film strips that he was given in the previous episode of the Fremen calling out things to Paul, calling Paul by those names and does say to Paul, like, well, you know, maybe you could use this. It's like, oh, Mm, yeah. So he, he shows Paul the, the people of Arrakis, like calling him Mahdi and the Lisan Al-Gaib. Um, I hope I said that right. But, uh. Yeah, to say, like, you can exploit this, these people's belief. And it's just like, really, no. What are you doing, dude? But I love that Paul is very quite, he's, like, very concerned. And he's like, no, no, it's it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. He's very quick to be like, you're going to be fine, dad. And so, or sir, he calls his dad sir. Always a good sign. Um, He gets a be silent son. Yeah, but I just, I, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I get that Leto is, like, super stressed out and he has to tell someone about this and not knowing who he can trust. The only one person that he knows, without a doubt, is not betraying him is his son. That sucks for both of them. And he says that, uh, the Duke says that he is morally tired and that the melancholy Mm -hmm. degeneration of the great houses has afflicted me at last, perhaps, and we were such strong people once. And Paul's like, well, we haven't degenerated. And he says, you know, haven't we? I should have mm-hmm. married your mother, but the fact that I'm not married makes some of the other houses hope that maybe one day their daughters could marry me. And so I'm buying into that. I'm feeding into that mm-hmm. by just not marrying your mother. Yeah. And then he talks about, he keep, the, the Duke is basically saying so much of who I am, mm-hmm. what people believe of me is a facade. Yeah. You know, I have to appear brave all the time. I have to appear capable. And Paul's like, but you are. You know, everyone loves you. You're a great leader. And he's like, and yeah, he's like, I have a really strong propaganda core. Yeah, he's Ooh. basically, he's like, eh, I'm not that great. <laughs> I just have people that say I am and other stupid people eat it up. And he says, we're already making, we already have a factory to use spice residue to make film base so that we can keep propaganda films moving amongst the ta- the people. Because they have to think that they, this is, uh, he says, the people must learn how well I govern them. How will yeah. they know if we don't tell them? And it's yeah, like, <laughs> But then he says, oh, God. So there's this thing he goes into about how spice gives, like, because spice is in the air and everything, like the air, whatever water people get the food like it's in everything on Arrakis so like it gives you people like a natural immunity to certain poisons so he's like so we can't 
poison whole swaths of the population and that's going to keep us moral. And I'm just like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Um, At which point Paul starts to be like, uh, the Duke just literally says, I have to have someone I can say these things to. It's like, no, but he's your 15 year old son. I know. And you're just talking about how, well, maybe it's a good thing. I can't poison a bunch of people. (laughs) <laughs> just like why what is going on and he says you know i don't know what's gonna happen to you if something happens to me mm-hmm. and then that's what he says you know maybe you can use this belief that the, the fremen have uh, mm-hmm. to your advantage because there may be nothing else that we could do uh and then he takes uh i guess like some no dose <laughs> yeah i was and... gonna say some coke or like a amphetamine <laughs> or something yeah he takes an anti-fatigue tablet. Yeah. Uh, and then he basically is just like, all right, you know, where's the ecologist? We have to see this guy now. Yeah. And that's kind and then, of where we leave off. Yeah. It? Yeah. That's just kind of it. But the next chapter is a novella, basically. Yeah. It's the longest chapter to date. I hope you like Still Suits. It is a very chunky chapter. I'm looking at it now. It goes, it is... um. Hang on. It is like 70 pages almost. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have a lot more to talk about next time. I mean, this one was just basically Leto being like extremely emo (laughs) through the whole thing. Just like, oh, I'm so tired and everything's terrible and I'm terrible. And I can only tell you. Yeah. 15 year old son. And I mean, and that's, I think that is, you know, uh, to tie it back to, you know, the epigraph, it's like, that's also a big thing. Because I do think that everyone has had at least one moment Mm -hmm. when your parents or your parents, you know, if someone has had a fight or there's a money issue or there's something where Mm -hmm. they confide in you. And I think it is usually around, you know, 15, 16, because they're Mm -hmm. hopefully not telling like eight year olds, (laughs) that kind of thing. And I think it is both terrifying, but also kind of just eye opening. Like, yeah, well, shit, you know, I guess not everyone does have it all together. And sometimes, you know, my parents get annoyed at each other or it's just this thing is frustrating and we're all mm-hmm. frustrated by it. It's like, oh, well, hey, OK. Yeah. Um, but in this case, you know, I think, you know, it, it really shakes Paul because I think we do have this idea that he doesn't. I, you know, I don't think he gets to hang out with his dad a lot. So I think no. that he, really he hero also worships him yeah, too. You know, the fact that he is this sort of distant figure just ties in even more to I think the usual amount of just like wow that people have for for their parental figures. Mm-hmm. And for the I feel like poor Paul has had a lot of a lot of stuff thrown at him over yeah. the last few weeks. Yeah, he has. Like, your dad might die, you might be the savior. Mm-hmm. Like, your mom is going through all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Now we're all going to pretend like we hate her. Mm. So annoying. That's oh, the worst plan. I mean, it's just like, yeah, I mean, if anyone had taken the time to just talk to Jessica, like, I feel like so much of this book would have been so different. I mean, the fact that he is, you know, the Duke is going to make this big deal about well, I, I know she could fake it, mm-hmm. but I have to, it has to be perfect. You know, all anyone's talked about up until now is how, since she's a Benny Gesserit, that makes her really good at lying. Yeah. 
so okay use that yeah tell her what's going on and then oh yeah all of a sudden she's not a good enough liar for you yeah suddenly you know people are gonna know what's what's going on like if you tell her then you won't have your yeah it's not a good plan no it's pretty terrible all around and i mean i don't you know excuse me move ahead a little bit but like it also backfires because then it leaves in its wake lots of backlash from people who were not in on this plan and subsequently think oh jessica was the traitor and then there has to be a lot of explanation and you know no 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 no, no. this was the situation yeah so it has repercussions for ages even just past the, the obvious ones because people had all this misinformation yeah <sighs> It's like I remember in whenever, like, I think it was maybe high school or maybe in my college classes, you know, just talk, uh, one of my professors saying that, you know, Romeo and Juliet is a tragedy of, of miscommunication. Mm. And yeah, that's what's going on here too. It's no one's yeah. having a straight conversation with anyone because they can't. Right. They don't trust anyone enough to actually like, um, you know, talk about, talk to each other. Yeah. And that will continue with Paul. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like Paul just continues to perpetuate this. Yep. Because it's what he knows. It's what he's learned from having this life. It's really just like a tragedy of a teen boy (laughs) that just, uh, you know, gets pulled into this before he's ready. And yeah, and and there's stuff later when he's an adult that, you Mm -hmm. know, there, there are so many things that become this like, you know, secret, he secretly thinks this, or he secretly is grateful for X action. It's like, mm-hmm. well, you could, you know, say that. Yeah. You could make that you could clear. You could, you know, and no, because everyone's got 700 agendas. Yeah. And it's like that, that screen cap from the thing. <laughs> Nobody yeah. trusts anybody anymore. We're right. all very tired. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, that's, there's, ugh. And even once there's kids involved, even the kids are getting in on it. Like, I can see why Lita is so exhausted. I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. And I don't even have any spiced coffee or... Right. No amphetamines. Yeah. No <laughs> uppers. in my pocket. Yeah, just <laughs> hanging around. Yeah. Yeah, they're very dependent on pills. They really are. There's the sleeping pills. I'm sure this is some kind of, like, and... commentary from Herbert about psycho- psychiatry or something. I mean, I think it's just this sort of idea of what, you know, oh, it's the future. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, you know, Star Trek, it's like, oh, we have replicators so that, you know, you don't actually have to order a pizza. Like, you don't have to make a pizza. You can just press a button. And it's like, oh, and that's what we'll do in the future. And so I guess it's just this idea, like, in the future, if you need to take a nap, you can just take a pill and it'll put you right to sleep. And if you need to wake up, there's a pill for that, too. And I mean, yeah, we have that now. They're not this this good. Yeah, no, they're not that good. There's always some overlap. <laughs> I want to sleep, and I've taken this pill to help me sleep, but I'm still wide awake. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let me go, and now it's so late that when I do fall asleep, it'll be terrible when I wake up because mm-hmm. I took this pill. Yep. <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, God. So that was the chapter. That's it. Yeah, that's that's really it. It's a short one. It's it a is. short one this week. So it might be a short episode unless we can find something to digress about. 
Well, there's so casting wise, still there hasn't been any more new information. Um, Oscar Isaac was in Budapest. I believe it was Budapest, mm-hmm. right? Because um, yeah. Jason Momoa posted a video of him. Uh, Calling Oscar his man crush. I mean, well, yeah, he's everybody's crush. And you yeah. can just say crush. You could just say crush, Jason. Yeah, as you pointed he's... out earlier, like you could just say crush. It's yeah. fine. Uh, and there was an interview with Collider that I read today with Stellan Skarsgård, mm-hmm. uh, where he talked a little about Dune. It was mostly about um, Chernobyl. Yeah. But uh, which is, I think, a, sh- a movie or a show. I'm not it's sure. A, it's a mini series on okay. HBO. It's like a limited series on it that HBO is doing. And I haven't watched it yet. It looks really good. Although, like, the the people behind it, their credits are kind of iffy. But mm. um, apparently, like, just so far, a lot of people have said it's pretty good. So I'll probably watch it. I just need to, like, psych myself up for it. I find the whole Chernobyl disaster, like, fascinating but terrifying oh yeah so i really just need to like psych myself up for it it's like the time that i was driving somewhere with like some of my family members and we saw a sign and i was like oh that's three mile island (laughs) oh boy (laughs) oh good yeah yeah i mean my parents were in Greenpeace, so Mm. i i like grew up with all this stuff yeah You've heard. You know, yeah, I've, heard, I've heard it. it. <laughs> um, so who is behind, who's making the, now I want to know who's making this. Yeah, who's cooking all the uh, the food in Dune? Like, I'm assuming they just have cooks. Yeah, I assume, I assume so. I'm kind of wondering, like, what they eat on Dune, honestly. Well, they mentioned stuff, I mean, the Dune coloring book from the movie famously <laughs> features a spice cookie recipe. Mm. Uh, but... With a nice picture, a nice drawing of Kyle McLaughlin like eating a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone who wants that in their life. Um, but, I mean, we know that they have coffee. We know that they have booze. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like when we get to, there's a dinner sequence coming up. I feel like yeah. things are mentioned there. Mm-hmm. I know okay, we well, finally we'll just... get some clothing description because Jessica's pointedly wearing a dress. Yeah. It's like a whole thing. It's also the most, like, I don't want to skip too far forward, but I was just rereading <laughs> that part. So there's a, sequ- a scene with, with Jessica and she wears this particular dress and it's a very old married couple kind of thing because it's mm-hmm. not like she comes, it's not like a Scarlett O'Hara, like you're wearing this red dress, you know, like it's mm-hmm. this, you know, it's just a very simple dress that like she knows Lita likes mm-hmm. and they're at odds. So it's just very like, yeah, <laughs> boom in this. And I like, <laughs> which I consider such an old, like, you know, she didn't show up with just like a ton of cleavage or, you know, a right. slit up the side of the dress or something. It's just like, Oh yeah. You like this dress? Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> I look real pretty. Don't I? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just stay over there. Yeah. Mind your own. <laughs> Like Duncan Idaho's here getting lit. Um, <laughs> so, but so this interview with Stellan Skarsgård, he was talking a little bit about playing the Baron. Mm. Um, he was referring to him as a one-dimensional character, uh, which I've seen some argument about that wording. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm he fine might be with it. I a one-and-a-half-dimensional character. Yeah, it's it's not as if we really get a ton of his inner like. Goals I mean, it, in that chap- or... in that second chapter, he's like 
oh, I, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to kill this whole family, but I kind of want to. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's some, some stuff going on there, but yeah. But the one kind of eh moment was that mm-hmm. the, he does mention how many hours he has to spend in makeup getting prosthetics, which to yeah. me reads fat suit. Yeah, and that's disappointing. I was hoping they would just let the Baron just be like, you know, he can, I, I know in the book he is described as being very fat and corpulent and all the words, but I was hoping like, that it wouldn't we be a don't, fat suit. We, we don't have, yeah, I mean, like Just hire a fat actor. Yeah, I mean, you could hire a fat actor or you could just let him be like a regular size. Because I feel, I feel like, like you... fat is such a short, in, especially in older stories like that, fat mm-hmm. is such shorthand for villain. Yeah. And it's just like, we really don't need to think this way anymore. And and, and, I, and I agree with that. But I also think that mm-hmm. if you're going to cast, you know, Stellan Skarsgård, just let him be Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah. I mean, you, you can know, give him can... some goopy sores and stuff. If yeah, you if you want to go that route again. Like, yeah. Let's, you know, have doctors saying weird shit to him about mm-hmm. how beautiful he is. Yeah. You know, you can have... There are all kinds of things you could do that are, I mean, and again, we don't know. Like, he's just saying prosthetics. He doesn't, you know, he's not like, ha ha ha, they make me very fat, you know? Yeah. Otherwise, so, why wouldn't you have cast Vincent D'Onofrio like we all wanted? Like, come on, this is what we keep telling you. <laughs> but, I mean, I've been, I will say this, I have hope, because I like Stellan Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. And I was very, like, to keep it in the clan, I was very, like, why are they... Not higher? casting Alexander or Bill or someone as... Well, no, I was like, why are they casting a baby to be Pennywise? And he Bill was really good, so... Yeah. And I say baby, he's, like, ten years younger than me, but you're a little baby, <laughs> Bill Skarsgård. You're the he, baby one. He does. He is a baby. I'm glad he's, you finally watched it. I did. Gustav <laughs> is my age. Uh, Alexander is older than me. And then the rest mm-hmm. of them kind of exist in a blonde sort of void. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good way of describing them. I know there are others. Every time they cast Stellan Skarsgård in anything, I'm like, okay, are we going to see his penis in this one? That's, because yeah, maybe he he'll just be naked. He loves showing his dick. He really does. Yeah. Um, I saw that one with him in, oh, God, was it Emily Mortimer? Not Emily Mortimer, Emily Watson? Yeah, oh, Breaking the Waves? Yeah. Oi. <laughs> it was like, oh, goodness. Something like a Lars von Trier. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my, that is more of you than I ever wanted to see, sir. It's like, I don't think, you don't see his penis in Dogville, but still. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sometimes I remember I've seen Dogville and I go, oh, oh. Uh, he should have, like, he should, if he could have been naked in Thor The Dark World, mm-hmm. I think that would have upped That would have been perfect. You know, I... That was sort of the state of mind his character was in. He yeah. He been talking about, like, astrophysics physics naked that movie gets so much hate but you know what i liked it it's got christopher eccleston it doesn't take much to make me happy i saw that movie i will not i will never be ashamed of this i saw that movie twice in one day okay i didn't see it twice in one day but i think i saw it one day and then went back the next day and saw it again i saw it with a friend of mine I saw it with a friend of mine, and then later when I came home, I was telling my, my husband about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, it was really good. And he was just like, oh, well, would you mind seeing it again? Because, like, I'd really like to see it. And I was just like, ah, let's go, whatever. You know, like, <laughs> I know when to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Um. So here's the thing that I do. 
And I don't know if my husband realizes I do this, but <laughs> okay, I'm I'm preparing to take a lot of heat for this. So mm. when there's a movie we're both really excited about that's coming out, I don't like waiting for things. Like I hate <laughs> waiting. And usually because he works Monday through Friday, I have to wait until like Saturday or Sunday, usually mm -hmm. Sunday, or even like sometimes we'll wait like the following Monday and he'll like, you know, take a half day or something. So <laughs> what I do is I will go on the Friday after a movie releases and see it by myself and not tell him and then go again with him like later that weekend and pretend I haven't seen it. <laughs> And I've gotten away with this several times. I did it with Get Out. I did it with, um, I think, uh, not Star Wars, not the last Star Wars, but I think with um, maybe The Force Awakens, I did. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I did that with several of the Marvel movies. Like, I just... I don't know. I'm at, I have time on Fridays and I don't see what the big deal is. <laughs> it's not hurting anybody. Yeah, I'm not telling him. <laughs> I don't get that issue a lot because I most of the movies I'm excited that are coming out are all horror movies, which my husband mm -hmm. does not watch. So yeah. I'm, you know, gonna at some point later probably gonna be like, hey, I wanna watch this midsummer trailer and then it's gonna start and he's gonna be like, why are we watching this trailer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um my husband also hates horror movies. I got him to go with me to see it. And I oh, personally no. I didn't think it was all that scary, honestly. Um I mean, but it that's had its I, moments. I mean it had its moments, but I don't know. I felt like there was a good balance and I, I guess because I read the book, like, the movies don't really scare me that much. Yeah. Um, And then uh, we saw Get Out. I don't know. We saw Us. Like, he wasn't really, he didn't find Us to be scary at all, which I, I thought it was scary. Yet. I yeah. thought it was very scary. I don't scary. want to know anything about it. I've yeah. Been so good I will about... not, I will not say a word. It's very good, though. Uh, Yeah, we saw, I think the last one he really saw was we, we didn't saw The Witch. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, no. He would not watch The Witch with me. <laughs> yeah, that was a... Uh, I, I forget why he agreed to go see The Witch, but he, he saw it. Uh, <laughs> and he watched... Um, well, he watched Krampus, which is you know, sort of a nah, That comedy. doesn't really count. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, he would not... Wa I watched the new... I watched the, the 2017 It, finally. Mm -hmm. uh, and... That was like my Mother's Day thing was that I got to just go <laughs> in the basement and watch that and not get interrupted. Um, and that was definitely not a movie for my husband. Right. Notwithstanding I mean, the fact that his name is Bill. So like he would have to have like two hours of a clown saying his name. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. he doesn't need that. We, I, I don't know. And it's, it's just weird. I think like he's kind of coming. He, he still says he doesn't like horror but he's coming around to certain kinds of horror. And mm -hmm. like uh, I was watching the Babadook at home and he came downstairs. Yeah, he watched that. Billy watched yeah. That, but... He came downstairs to get something and he just stood there just like watching, <laughs> like watching standing up. I was like, why don't you just sit down? And he is like, okay. <laughs> so he sat down and watched pretty much all the Babadook with me. We watched the invitation. We watched Mandy. Um, there are certain kinds of horror. I feel like he's coming around on. Yeah, I think the last one that I was actually getting any kind of purchase with was 
I got him to watch uh, Cue the Winged Serpent with me. Oh, my. <laughs> just because uh, it had just, uh, oh, God, I can't think of his name right now. But the, the guy who directed it had just passed. So I was mm, like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to watch Cue the Winged Serpent. And oh, Larry Cohen. And yeah. he had, he was like, well, oh, it's like a monster movie. I'll watch that. And it's like, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he. Because I have I have Shutter and he'll go through that mm-hmm. sometimes and then he'll be like, "Well, this is not for me." Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like this is a really interesting time for horror movies too. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there's some really cool horror being made. I mean, and I'm very excited for Midsummer. Yeah, because uh, a few years ago I actually was in the Swedish countryside, and as I said, like it is. Very beautiful and very spooky. My friend Johan, who lives there, um, took us to Åland, which is like this little island off the southeast, southern uh, tip of Sweden. And it's just this island. It's a big island. And it's very spooky. <laughs> but he took us to this um, rune stone. It's like out in the middle of nowhere on this island, just like in this field. You walk in and there's this stone with all these ancient like Nordic runes carved into it. And it's just fucking weird. (laughs) (laughs) And then we went to we actually went to like a Viking graveyard, like a Viking, you know, and it's got like all the the monoliths and stuff. And they have all these stones arranged in the shape of a longboat in the in the graveyard. So it was very cool. Uh, did you very see Stellan Skarsgård's penis? <laughs> I was looking for it the whole time. <laughs> Just in the forest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of cows and seals. <laughs> I didn't see any penises. <laughs> um, well, I'm very excited because I love folk horror. Yeah. So I'm, that's just my catnip. It's like, oh, they go to a weird ritual and it all goes awry. I'm sold. I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'm here. Yeah, and it looks like there's... Because I felt like Hereditary definitely was saying something outside of the commonplace horror Mm -hmm. elements. Like, it had something to say. And it looks like, just based on the new preview that just came out today, that this Midsummer is definitely going to have something to say. Aside from the horror. Yeah, I was speaking with a friend of ours, and I said, you know... The moment, because if anyone's not seen the trailer, there's a part at the very beginning where I guess the guy, the main male character, is talking with his bros, mm-hmm. and they're talking about how his girlfriend is crazy, and yeah. you know, you've been wanting to dump her, and then you can go to Sweden and hook up with all kinds of hot Swedes. And I was just like, well, I hope they all get ritualistically eviscerated. <laughs> like, <laughs> just this collection of guys sitting around the table being like, oh, you're. Your girlfriend likes to talk to you. She's crazy. Yeah, that would be very satisfying. I'm not going to lie. And I mean, you know, granted, we don't see a whole lot. You know, it is they do. I think the trailer does a good job of also showing that like she she does seem a little maybe a touch clingy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it seems like something, you know, something big happens where then she subsequently joins them on this trip. But just this idea of like the table of, of dudes being like, break up with your stupid crazy girlfriend like mm-hmm. you gotta go to europe and hook up with hot chicks like oh <laughs> except i don't want anything to happen to cheaty well he was there with those bros i know and he's not he's not cheaty i we know, have to be fair but he's cheaty i know maybe his abs <laughs> will be there <laughs> i hope so <laughs> mama mia 
Chidi's um, fine. Also, a uh, new It trailer. Yes. A teaser for It Chapter 2. Mm-hmm. That just came out. That was also pretty excellent. Yeah, anytime you guys want to hear us talk about Stephen King stuff, like, <laughs> we're here. Um, we're both, we both stand. <laughs> yes. Um, we've read pretty much all of them, right? I mean, I, I still have not read, like, I haven't read a lot of the new stuff. I haven't read, like, The Cell. I haven't read Dr. Sleep. I haven't read Do McKee, even though they're, like, kind of all on my list. I've read Dr. Sleep. Mm-hmm. I have Cell and Do McKee. I've not read those, but I have read, I read Revival, mm-hmm. which was the new one a couple years ago. And then I read the, the Finders Keepers. Mm-hmm that trilogy um and then i read the outsider which mm-hmm. is very good oh okay um, i've not read whatever that new one is it's like really political so i like to consume books a lot by listening to audiobooks and <laughs> this is my problem with stephen king books is that they normally the audio like the narrators are just like uh this is not for me <laughs> you know I, I mean not i'm not throwing shade it's just some I feel like some voices I connect with better than mm-hmm. others. But like the audiobook for It, when I reread It a few years ago, I was kind of going back and forth between reading my old, very, my falling apart hardcover and listening to the audiobook, which is narrated by Stephen Weber. And I never want to hear Stephen Weber <laughs> narrate sex scenes. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, I'm not, I don't like that. And especially sex scenes as written by Stephen King, because as we've established, (laughs) as we've established, like, if you're outside of romance, you're not writing good sex scenes. I'm sorry. Unless you're like, I don't know. I was going to say Marquez, but I don't even know if his were even all that good. I can't even think of a sex scene in a... I was trying to remember if there were any sex scenes in Love in the Time of Cholera, and I think I read... uh, the one about my melancholy whores or something which great great <laughs> title um love letters to my melancholy whores i believe that is the title it's yes awesome yeah i think there were sex in those anyway but obviously it wasn't very memorable <laughs> i feel like most you know literature will have sex scenes and then you're always just sort of like okay thank you that was horrifying and unnecessary I mean, that's how I feel about most... If it's not a romance novel, I don't feel like it's exciting. (laughs) Or some fantasy fiction. I've read some pretty good... You know, some elves are having some pretty hot sex. Yeah, I mean, there's good stuff in, like, urban fantasy. has some. If you want Mm -hmm. something a little more modern, like, there's some decent sex in those, so... There's not a ton of sex in Dune. We were discussing... We were discussing the timing of sex at Dune earlier. Because that's what we do with our lives. Yeah. When we're off the air. Yeah. And I I don't know. To get into it, we'd be getting way far ahead of ourselves. But at some point in here, Jessica and Leto have had sex. Or are going to have sex. I don't know. I I feel... I know this is not the case. But Mm -hmm. the the part in the the previous chapter when he was... Lita was arguing with Fufer about, you know, mm-hmm. well, she would have had ample opportunity to kill me. Yeah. I do feel like there was this little, like, moment where he was just like, because she could have stabbed me in my sleep because we're always fucking. Right. Like, <laughs> he's just having this moment where he's like, because we are always in bed together. I mean, have you, I mean, look at the two of them. And I'm, I am picturing the new cast when I say that. 
they just keep and this happens in the next chapter it's like the first one of the first lines they just keep reiterating how tall the duke is <laughs> and every time i see it it's like it's like glowing it's blue like house and house of leaves it's just like oh, oscar isaac the the very tall oscar there's isaac. so many things but you're not very tall tall is not one of those things no but he's so good. He's so charismatic. Yeah. He's so, I don't know. It's like any of the Marvel movies where it's like, and here's Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo wanders in. Hi, guys. I, yeah, some of those guys are kind of wee, aren't they? I think, yeah, Mark Ruffalo, um, Robert Downey Jr., and then I think Jeremy Renner are all not, I mean, they're not short. I, mean, I think not, Renner but, is kind of short, honestly. Uh, But, you know, I think like, Chris Hemsworth is like 6'2 and Hiddleston's 6'4, Chris... isn't he? I believe he is, yes. Yeah. Ooh, that's a this tall is possibly boy. something I might have looked up one time. I don't know. <laughs> I... Maybe Look, it's a thing. I love sh- I love me a short man. I'm not gonna I, I give them oh, their no. due. I mean, hey. I'm not one of those women that's like, I won't date short men. I would I totally have dated short men and they're great. Um, you know, tall men just... do get away with more. <laughs> I just can't, I don't perceive people my own height as being tall. Right. So I think Oscar Isaac is about my height. So I'm just like, eh. But you are tall, though. I guess I'm tall. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think of myself as tall. I think of You're myself as You're not shrimpy me. like me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I am just an average height. It comes up every so often. Mm-hmm. Uh it happened a lot at work because I used to work in an apartment with two other women who were both like, like five two and five foot, and then it was like we go to meetings. It's like <laughs> and me, ah, <laughs> uh-huh. hello. They brought me as well. <laughs> like I'm the muscle. <laughs> like hi, I'm also here. Very tall, taller than them. It's like just this is not helping my case. They're very short people. <laughs> Oh, I don't know why we value tallness so much. I mean, I feel bad I, yeah. because I, I, you know, and, and our mutual friend, Shelly, uh, who writes under the name Shelly Ann Clark, she has written, you know, she writes books where, you know, the heroes are just average dudes. Like mm-hmm. she writes short men and thin men and fat men and whatever. Like she's not uh, picky about that kind of thing. And I think that's very refreshing and good. I do like in historical fiction, though, when you'll get, because it's realistic, but I like when someone will talk about how tall a guy is, mm-hmm. and then he'll say that he's almost, he's six foot or almost six foot. It's like, okay, yeah, and like, that's a re- back, that period, that would be yeah. considered. And then every so often, there'll be the guy who's like six four, and everyone's like, <laughs> what's this guy? <laughs> what's his deal? Where does he buy clothes? Mm-hmm. Why is all of this happening? <laughs> And I just enjoy that in books when, you know, it's like 1803 and someone walks in and it's like, he's six, he's almost six and a half feet tall. Yeah. I mean, someone that was over six feet tall in the 1800s would have been a freak. Yeah. It's like, um, you can't fit in anyone's carriage (laughs) or in any of these rooms, frankly, sir. Um, Watch your head as you come in the door. They're usually, you know, then they're usually Scotsmen. This is why, like, I don't know, when when my editor is always sending back, like, notes and stuff, and she's like, 
you should don't say drop cloth or don't say cloth say holland cover <laughs> and i'm just like okay you want me to be accurate on the tablecloths but you're totally fine with this guy being six foot two <laughs> in in eighteen eleven, that makes no sense. I I I well know that I could never go back in time because mm -mm. for starters I can't see. Um, so yeah. I'd have to have my glasses. You need spectacles. Yeah, and I don't know that they necessarily made them to my specifications. So I'd just be like, well, thanks. This helped not at all. <laughs> uh, I'm very I'm not very, but I'm tall, and so it would be very like, oh, look at you. <laughs> I'm picturing Miranda Hart in a region. Well, she's going to be an Emma. They're making oh, a she? new. They're making a new Emma, and Miranda Hart. Is, I think she's playing Miss Bates. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not as tall as Miranda Hart, but yeah, it would be something where I'd be like, "Well, <laughs> your gowns are very specifically made." <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I dye my hair, so it would just be a, a nightmare of like, "Well, I'm in the past, and <laughs> I guess I'm just. I don't know what's going to happen to me, frankly. I would. Like, Definitely be a spinster. There's no question. I would be like the uh, the guy in timeline. Oh God! Takes Are we glasses. back on Gerard Butler? No, Gerard Butler makes it. I'm talking about Rose of Sutherland, who uh -huh. is six four and goes back in time and is promptly murdered because they're like, <laughs> "Why are you so tall and why do you speak French? <laughs> <laughs> You're obviously a spy. We've shot you with an arrow." <laughs> that movie is so bad. It is very bad. He was sexy uh, Nostradamus on Rain, though. Oh, God, I remember that show. So my website, actually, um, I ran a pop culture website. It's still up and operating, but mostly it's just my friend who wants to write about Law & Order SVU. So everything on it is about Law & Order SVU now. <laughs> um, but we had someone that was recapping Rain for a while. And they're very funny, like... That show was hilarious. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was so good. I rewatched part of the first season uh, mm -hmm. recently, just on Netflix randomly, and I'd forgotten how weird that show was off the bat. Like, <laughs> immediately, they were like, this show is weird. Here we go. <laughs> but uh, that's another that's another clan, because he's, uh, Joseph Sutherland is Donald Sutherland's son. Mm -hmm. And that's another one. There's like five brothers. Donald's son? Mm-hmm. So he's Kiefer's brother? Yeah. Oh, Okay. Half brother, I believe. Oh, okay. Well, who can keep Which is trying? why I think Kiefer is like five, five, ten, and then the rest of them are all like Donald yeah. Sutherland. <laughs> yeah, Donald Sutherland's tall. Yeah, he's he's pretty tall. He's another one where I feel like I've seen you naked a lot, sir. Yeah, yeah. Seventies, <laughs> him and like Chris Christopherson. It was like, okay, guys. Good lord. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wish that, you know, there should be equality if we're going to have, if we're going to have, you know, things in contracts where women have to be naked, then, yeah. you know, if it's going to make sense for a male, a man to be naked, then he should be naked. Yeah. The same argument should apply. So you're just reminding me of something that came up in my Facebook memories today, because I am that girl that checks her Facebook memories, like, to see how embarrassed she needs to be from one day to the next. <laughs> Usually it's just like, oh God, Why? But today, um, on this day in particular, I was watching The Leftovers, <laughs> and I think I said something about, uh, oh yeah, I said this is a banner week for full frontal male nudity on TV. I can't remember who was naked in this episode, but... It must have been Justin Thoreau. 
Um, he never got full frontal. You only got cheek, you know. Really? With Thoreau. Yeah, you only got like the backside. You there got was full frontal on six feet under. There was one scene where he was falling out of a tub and you could kind of see the shadow of his dick, but it was mostly just just the buns. I think you I did... thought he was a definite Ewan McGregor type. Uh, he might be. Um, you do see Christopher Eccleston nude on The Leftovers in season two. I don't know two. if I want to see that. And it was, that was a monkey's paw. <laughs> I'm telling you because there's completely flaccid and just swinging, swinging in the wind. I mean, size-wise, <laughs> kudos, but <laughs> otherwise, dear God, strike me blind. He is uncircumcised. I don't know if there will be any penises in Dune, everyone. Uh, I mean, doubtful. we can all hope. Doubtful. Stellan Skarsgård in there. <laughs> I almost said Peter Sarsgård, who also I've seen nude because he's in Kinsey. Oh, mm -hmm. boy. This... <laughs> This has um, been the penis podcast. <laughs> Mrs. Skin, if you will. Does that exist? Mm. Probably does. It should uh, if it doesn't. Ms. Skin, please. Yes, yes, thank you. Or it Ms. is the twenty it is the twenty first century. We were yeah. recently referred to as professional. I know. I love that. In yeah. A comment on Twitter. And, Speaking uh, of, I, I want to take a break and shout out to this awesome <laughs> podcast uh, at Duneversity. There are two awesome ladies in sisters in the UK who um, talk about Dune. And they're, I will say, they hit a lot of, a lot of the same points that we do. So it's really nice to have other female voices out there mm -hmm. talking about this series and kind of pointing out like what works, what's problematic, you know, what's racist. Yeah. If it's okay to still like it, even though it's racist, things like that. Um, it's really refreshing and it's fun and I enjoy it a lot. So I don't think they're on iTunes. You have to actually search for them, but if you look for at Duneversity, on Twitter, you should be able to find them. Yes, and mm -hmm. please do. Yeah, because they're a lot of fun. And I, I think we're trying to arrange to have them come on the show sometime in June. So stay tuned for that. We're going to yes. try to make it happen. Our crossover event. Yes. <laughs> I also there. want to shout out that thread on Twitter recently of Dune characters as, as vines, vines. Yes. Because I love Vines and yes. I love Dune. <laughs> so and good. that was the Twitter... Yeah, I'm looking for it too. Uh, Muadib style guide, <laughs> which is a great Muadib style. Yeah, it is a great Twitter account. Please follow it. And but there was a whole. I'm looking at it right now, and it's the, the first one is the Paul, <laughs> the power of God and anime on my side. <laughs> this whole thing has made me very happy, but especially Alia. Yes. And uh, UA, I also enjoyed. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That was pretty good. <laughs> uh, oh, they didn't have a, uh, what you call it? Um, what was the one I sent you with a foofer? Maybe I'll, yeah. I'll tweet that one. <laughs> I think you should. Four female Ghostbusters. I think that's. Feminists are taking over. <laughs> This uh, is it's like I'm gonna make that my ringtone one day. 
You just get a call. I'm an adult virgin. <laughs> yeah. It'll be amazing. A big fan of Mr. Good Doctor. Also, uh, I got a present from Bo in the Mail that contained Doom yes. trading cards. It was your name day. Happy birthday, it Megan. Was. Uh, I'm old. Uh, I, no, up. I mean, I shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I shouldn't say that. But then there I'm are times older. when I say things like Crystal Pepsi, and I know there's someone out there going, oh, yeah, I saw that last summer. It's like, mm. no, but it was before. Yeah, the OG Crystal Pepsi. Um, you know, it's it's like when you see anyone now where they're like, oh, yeah, I was born in 2001. And you're like, oh, but that makes you, oh, God. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, but I have so not young. opened them because, I mean. Yeah. Oh, should I get mine? I feel like it's one of those things where you open them and it's like when you get, I mean, I never got like Pokemon cards, but I'm sure you open it and. It's just all going to be like the cat that's we could make a don't for Thufur. <laughs> we could actually make a video of us opening them if you wanted to. And put it on YouTube. Yeah. Put it on. So let's do that. We'll, we'll let's do, do that. that. Yeah. After I, don't, we, I don't want to describe them. Yeah. After we record this, we'll do that. Um, that could be easy. I think. I think. Uh, we, yeah. We'd be going, it's a picture. Maybe I'll get one of David Lynch. <laughs> I hope the so. Spice Harvester. <laughs> Love my David Lynch trading card. He's a handsome man. Yeah. That, if you don't mind, so excited there. If You're you like, don't uh-huh. mind smokers, see. Well, that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was a video of him. It was behind the scenes. I think of the Twin Peaks revival, uh-huh. and it was a really interesting video um, because someone was using it as an example of a guy. Of a man getting angry, but not at a person, at a situation. Because mm-hmm. he was clearly pretty riled up about some studio decision, but he yeah. wasn't killing the messenger. He was, you know, being very clear that it was like, this information angers me, not you. Mm-hmm. But the whole time he's like, you know, chain smoking. I'm thinking, I can't remember the last time I saw someone like lighting a cigarette. <laughs> I know. It's so weird to see nowadays. I feel and like I... a lot of people smoke here, but. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> but it's not something like when i was in like so it's the just last... coincidental yeah no i swallowed funny uh the last time i was in london like people smoke there like all the time mm-hmm. and it's not a big deal unlike here where it's just like <gasps> what are you doing it was just one of those things that i realized you know mm-hmm. i just as soon as i watched the video i thought he's lighting a cigarette yeah look at that <laughs> i have such mixed feelings about it like Half of me is like, uh, terrible. And then half of me is like, uh, give me that. (laughs) And I haven't had a cigarette in like 10 years. And every now and then I still like think about it and kind of get that craving. Mm. Mm -hmm. I was a drama kid. So I just, yeah. So, you know, cloves. cloves. Yeah. (laughs) While you're listening to the cure. Yeah. Sorry, mom. Mm. Well, you don't do it anymore. No, no, I do not. Uh, who has the time? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, do you know where I would even find cloves nowadays? Like, no, because they're <laughs> not legal in a lot of places. Right. Um, now, I, now I, you know, I drink like a cider, and I'm like, woohoo! Yeah, I mean, I'm drinking now. Out. I'm drinking now. I've had. I'm on my second glass of wine because it has been a real asshole of a day today. 
just in general so it's only wednesday i know so um after our last episode we did put out a a new hashtag hashtag dude and safe words um i'm gonna put a whip crack sound effect right here (laughs) (laughs) uh and i asked yes i asked uh listeners what their dune safe word would be we got a couple of responses so i'm gonna read them so uh on twitter at dottie's turn michael at dottie's turn uh replied it's either the fremen's wind trap wind trap or (laughs) chome (laughs) choming it up in the wind trap that just sounds really gross and i don't want a safe word that sounds so close to foam it's just it's not sexy. ASMR. It is. Chum. It's not sexy. Like wind trap. Wind trap's fine, but chome does. It does not work for me. <laughs> um, and then what if he says the whole thing? <laughs> right. Um, well, I'm not saying it. Oh yeah, uh, we we did that already. We don't ever have to say it, the whole thing out again. Um, no. And then friend of mine. Uh, Emily at Pacific Eater says, imagine trying to get out Quitsat's Hatterack. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag not a good hashtag dune safe word. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, Shy Halud is a good, like, you know, to scream out in the middle of, you know, when you're in flagrante. <laughs> like, Shy Halud just, it rolls off the tongue. I can see it. Like, I can hear it. Saying that a lot in the such orgies, right? <laughs> Man, I can't wait till we talk about the mini series. Like, we're gonna have some special episodes <laughs> where we talk about the movie and the mini series. Oh my um, gosh, yeah, <laughs> they're so beautiful. I know everyone's uh, dressed like I don't even know what. But man, that or the that mini series was like heavy on the orgies, right? Well, I mean, they they just picked on that. They were like, hey, mm-hmm. it says here there's orgies. Like, <laughs> I remember watching it when it aired and being like, oh, my. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they really were like, well, we have to find something spicy. Oh, eh, spicy. Uh, and that's what they they landed on. Because, I mean, that's really. Oh, well, I mean, it the is the one, Czech Republic. It. A lot of porn comes out of there. Oh, really? Um, yeah, <laughs> really? Oh, <I laughs> Don't ask me how I know. <laughs> uh, but huh. yes, a lot of porn. So they had plenty of extras as well. Right. Mm. Uh, mm. I don't know what the situation was when that was made, to be fair. Just, you know, just take my word for it on this one, Megan. I, I will. You're, the, you're, I mean, I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> you know one of my favorite things about that's ever happened on television speaking of porn was i don't know if you ever watched the mindy show Mm -hmm. she had one episode where someone was looking at her phone and she snatches it out of their hand and she says she's like you know shut up you can't exploit a cartoon (laughs) or he says something i think someone says like oh i've seen your browser history and she was like well you can't exploit a cartoon I was like, oh, okay, Mindy. <laughs> Mindy watches hentai. <laughs> what a world. <laughs> oh, no. I think that 
Clint has lost his crown that this is the horniest episode so far. <laughs> it all started with Stellan Skarsgård. Yes, and his oh, penis. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> yeah. He was a nymphomaniac, but it's not a sexy movie at all. <laughs> no, God. It's again Lars von Trier. I watched the first one. And I'm like, I know this isn't going to be sexy, but I'm going to give it a chance. And I was like, oh, God. It's like I I was recently watching a movie with some friends of mine and they were just like, oh, here's one we just found randomly on like Amazon Prime or something. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, it's I think it's French. So I think it's like a sexy movie. And I was like, oh, okay, Yeah. And so it (laughs) comes up and I'm watching this and I'm thinking, all right, I don't know what this is. And then it comes up, you know, directed by Caspar Noe. I'm like, okay, (laughs) we're going to time out for two seconds while I Google this one. And it turns out it was just like a sexy one. Like it's mm-hmm. still about like, you know, human misery, but mm-hmm. with unsimulated sex. But I was just like, oh God, am I going to have to explain? I'm like, well, okay, Gaspar Noe makes movies that sometimes have <laughs> things you don't want to see in them. Right. But no, it turns out this one just had, you know, unsimulated sex you didn't really want to see. Okay, gotcha. Um. Don't know how the new adaptation is going to be, but, um, you know. I you don't got... think there'll be any unsimulated sex. I mean, you've got Jason Momoa, so it would seem like a waste if there wasn't any sex in it. Or just, like, a shirtless training montage. Mm-hmm. A la my favorite training shirtless training montage, the one in Hellboy 2, The Golden <laughs> Army. Um, yes. Let me tell you. <laughs> okay, Stop. <laughs> Let's talk about Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. Let's um, do that. One of my favorite movies of all time. And that sexy, sexy e- evil elf prince. Because I <laughs> was very, that was very much my jam. I'm like, he is the color of milk. <laughs> he has very long flowing hair. He has very long flowing hair. He's kind of a dick. And he's got great abs. Uh, he checks and- all of my boxes. As per normal with almost all the media that it seems I consume some time, possibly an unhealthy relationship with his twin sister. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. Why is this such a thing? Because it's it's very... I have theories about this because I Mm -hmm. think I've mentioned this before the podcast, but I write a a blog about V.C. Andrews novels where this is a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think in grander culture, it's because it's a very easy shorthand for these people are messed up. Yeah. You know, like everyone, like the, you know, you get that first the ending of the very first episode of Game of Thrones and it's yeah. like, wah, wah. Yeah, also, but then they're like, sleeping together. Well, and then also like the Targaryens like would marry their sisters. That well, was like common I, and like, you know, it, and I read the first three books. So like I know. History does that though. I mean, Daenerys was like, oh, I figure I'll just marry my brother. So why are you <laughs> selling me to this barbarian guy? First of all, yeah, that's not a great choice just for many many reasons right like there was a lot wrong with that theory Mm -hmm. um but it's also it's just it's a very it's like a lot of times if someone wants to make something you know extreme yeah then they'll do that you know it's like oh how can we show that this person is uh extra villainous oh Mm -hmm. i know he's sleeping with his sister right in a true detective um oh yeah you know they made, you know, the comic book series of the Ultimates. It's like, oh, how can we make all these comic book characters really extreme? We'll make uh, Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch uh, mm-hmm. have an incestuous affair. Mm. Uh, so it's just sort of a, you know, how can we 
how can we add something to show that this is like really twisted? And it's like, well, we want this guy to not only be evil and hate humanity, but he also kind of hates humanity because he's obsessed with his sister. And now she's in love with a fish man. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't like that. He does not approve of that. Right. <laughs> so, weird. But he does have great abs. And it's he a does. really great training montage. He does. And I I saw The Shape of Water. I'm not going to judge anyone that wants to fall in love with a fish man. Especially a Doug Jones fish man. I know, right? Have he's you seen nice that ass? Yeah. I feel weird about that because I follow him on Twitter and he's so very nice and he so is. very Christian. He is so very, very conservative. <laughs> yeah, he is a conservative guy. I mean, he's a nice, he's, I don't want to be like, he's a nice, he's not, I don't want to say conservative. He's Christian. He's not one of those people that's like, check me out, you know? Although I did, he did tweet about that in the poster. Where he, yeah. But of course, being Doug Jones, he wasn't like dead ass. He was like, look at those buns. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also like the word buns. Well, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> but I find it funny when you use that with regard to yourself. Just like, hey, look at that. <laughs> I mean, but I'm not going to lie. I've snuck a peek at those buns when he's on Star Trek Discovery as well. Because, I mean, those <laughs> uniforms are snug. And I have I to say, no context the, for this at all. The Discovery uniforms are the best Star Trek uniforms ever <laughs> because they are so like they're functional, they look comfortable, but they're also form fitting. So there's something in it for everyone. I always wanted when Troy would have like a maxi dress. Yeah, yeah. I always wanted that like Starfleet gown because mm-hmm. she also got to just wear that and just like the flowy hair. Yeah. I liked early, you know, or like early when it was just like, yeah, I'm technically in Starfleet, but also. <laughs> Some of Troy's outfits, holy shit. Uh, yeah, I mean, once he got into like the, the bodysuit, like I'm mm-hmm. not pulling that one off, but I would, wouldn't mind the gown. Yeah. <laughs> just like, hello. <laughs> um, but I'd probably be more like her mom. So that was a bit of a digression. We have <laughs> la- wrapped up this chapter a long time. I knew this episode was going to devolve into something. The chapter is a page and a half long. We yeah. should have combined it with next week. But next, the next time is a novella. That's it I mean, and that's why I didn't. Because so the next chapter is so long. It introduces new characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it tells you anything you'd ever want to know about a still suit. So I hope mm-hmm. you're all ready for that. Mm-hmm. I hope you're ready to learn at home. Introduces along a, kind of an, still suit. an important new character. Yes. But don't get excited, audience, because it's just more grumpy old men. Yeah. Being grumpy old men. <laughs> but he has a lot of good inner monologue. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. all really grumpy. Mm-hmm. And he's really pissed off at a lot of people, including yeah. everyone's boyfriend, Duncan Idaho. Yeah. Um, how, how can you be mad at Duncan? What's oh, Duncan I ever mean. done to you? <laughs> <laughs> What hasn't he done? So I love that the uh, Duncan, by the time you get to like Chapter House and Heretics, that that line was the Zach, stop. (laughs) You're going to get in trouble. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Um, I'm just fine. I'm just fine every day. I know. TikTok, you're not doing it for me. No, I'm too old for that. I don't even understand it. So uh, that I think that'll wrap it up. We I can, think that's yeah. we can. We do not have TikTok. No, we don't understand it. <laughs> no, I'm too old for that. It requires too much participation. Like yeah. Vine, you just sort of made vines, and I mean there mm-hmm. were themes and things people did. Yeah. But I feel like TikTok is all like interacting with other. I don't understand it. Yeah. No. It's it's not my thing. No. 
I just get those ads before YouTube videos a lot. I'm just like, I don't know what this skip. is. Skip. Skip it. Yeah. When can I skip this? When can I skip this? Oh, uh, my God. So we'd love to hear from you. Your experiences reading Dune. You, the listener, not Megan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can reach us on Twitter at WeirdingPod or at WeirdingPodcast at gmail.com. We love to get letters. So please send us letters. Please, please, please. Um, send us fanfic. We love fanfic. Yeah. Just you know send us stuff we we love stuff uh, did and- you just see dune on it's on amazon prime yeah the movie uh if anyone is you know hey like watch watch dune on amazon prime yeah we should we should host a group watch actually that would be a lot of fun we should mm-hmm. yeah i'll get a hashtag just just scheduling is always the thing yeah um don't forget to send us your covers show us your fan art hashtag send dunes if you want to send us your Dune safe word, hashtag Dune safe word. We love to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Instagram. If you uh, want to make a Lido playlist, I want to see how emo you can get. So send Ooh. me your Le- Duke Lido playlist. And uh, maybe we'll play some of the songs on the show. Uh, and we are at Weirding Pod on Instagram. Yes. Where we have many things. Uh I think our most recent, oh, because our most recent Send Dunes was actually a gentleman I know in real life, uh, mm-hmm. Potomac Ripper, who sent a very funny piece of medieval art <laughs> that was sort of, later- you- go look. You'll, it's you'll so see it. good. It's been my favorite piece of like, I know it's not Dune fan art, but <laughs> I'm claiming it as Dune fan art. So it's so good. <laughs> And actually, I really enjoy that uh, Twitter account a lot. And that's a friend of yours in real life, Megan? Um, Potomac Ripper? Yeah. Yes. Ooh. Very yes, funny Twitter yes, account. Yes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to do it for us this week. We will see you all next time. Bye. Do I always say see you that's what we say every time that's what we say in our society (laughs) well our society's dumb